0: We have to, at times, take turns in purposes taking priority. So, you know, the first thing people struggle with is trying to find someone to fall in love with. That's hard. Then it's like, well, what is, what is my existence in this world? Why was I created? And some people are struggling with what their purpose is. But the third part, I think, is for me to fall in love with Andre's purpose and actually look at it as equal to my own.
1: So how are matters between you and your spouse going? balancing out not just your work responsibilities and your families, but your callings. Well, this is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons on Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot with Gabe. And this can be a problem when couples are both in ministry or a calling, but not necessarily together in the same calling or ministry. I mean, I, I look at you, Gabe and Rebecca, and how you both are so busy not just together with Q, but also individually, and you're doing this while raising a family. I, I think today's conversation is going to hit a chord with many couples. So tell us about your guest today.
2: It's Jeff and Andre Shinnebarger. And some of you know Jeff Schinnebarger. He was the first person on the Q Ideas team when we created Q. And that first conference in 2007 at the Tabernacle in Atlanta was a huge part of that in our earliest years. And so from there on, he's gone on to stay in Atlanta and created something called Plywood that's serving a community there of entrepreneurs and of leaders and creatives and helping them create culture in Atlanta. I'll ask him a little bit about that so you can catch up on Jeff and his world and and the work that he's been doing. But then we're going to talk to Jeff and Andre about this really important question. I think every entrepreneur, every person that's married – Must consider is what does it look like for us to partner together as a married couple and still pursue the calling and the vocation that we know God's put on our hearts, the assignment that He's given us, and how do we manage that? How do we manage that with our calendars, with our responsibilities uh, civically, with our children that we're raising, all of the tensions that come into play? Where sometimes it looks good on the surface, but when you get into these conversations you realize, man, couples struggle, they fight through these things. It's it's hard work. And so we want to get underneath that and understand how do you do that? How do you work through those tough conversations? And we'll even conclude on what is the one conversation that each couple ought to have. Yeah. Well
1: let's get to your conversation with the Shinnebargers here on Q Ideas.
2: Jeff, it's fun to just have these conversations with you, knowing that we go back so, so many years when Q was just an idea, right? Just a concept of how could we bring leaders together to think well about culture, think about what it means to create new culture. And so it's just been fun to watch all this developed with you and Plywood. And for those who've been around the Q world for this long, share a little bit about what you guys are doing and and a little bit about what's happening in atlanta with plywood and the vision and man I, I what i love about it is the longevity of how you've just stayed within one city and you've been building and it's like the fruit of that takes so many years but i think people listening would be so encouraged to hear what you're doing in the city
0: Yeah, Plywood People is a nonprofit in Atlanta that leads a community of startups doing good. And yeah, we started it 12 years ago, which is crazy. It's crazy to think we've been able to sustain that long. Um, I mean, we're rooted in Atlanta. We do training for social entrepreneurs and nonprofit leaders. We've worked now with over a thousand startup projects. And which is, you know, sometimes really exciting and sometimes daunting because not every project makes it. Most don't actually, and we have just tons of great stories and a community of people that are trying to make their communities better. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of fun. We most recently opened up a really cool co-working space, a center for social entrepreneurship in the city, and. That's been brought us a lot of a lot of joy. It's this crazy beautiful space, and every day there's people interacting on really hard social issues and projects.
2: Well, it takes me back 2007 when we had Andy Crouch at that first Q conference, and he was talking about you don't change culture by critiquing or condemning or consuming it, but you create it. And when I think of what you're doing, that's what you've done. You've created culture. You've created space. You've interjected a vision into the middle of a city that you love. And you're helping people, and then you've gone to that next step of creating culture. And when you talk about over a thousand startups, I mean, I think the typical it's like what 90% of new businesses fail. So if you're going to have a good batting average, if it's if that's the true number, you got to do a thousand startups to <laughs> to get to this place where you know a hundred of them are moving and making things right. happen and making change. But that takes such resilience. And so I just applaud you guys for all that you've done to create that.
0: Yeah, I remember when you and I had some of the early conversations with Andy Crouch and Tim Keller and some of those leaders, I remember them talking about longevity in one place over time. And what's been really interesting is the people that were starting things when I was starting this, um, actually, when we were starting Q way back, the people that stayed in Atlanta now, those people have just continued to rise in influence. And so we have people running for city office positions and leading massive nonprofits in the city and yeah. in the conversations of how the entire city is built. And, and they're friends now. You right. know, they were friends back then. And so it's it's
2: been interesting to stay here and, and be a part of that community for a long time. Yeah, most people don't get to see the fruit of that longevity in a world where we move around a lot and nobody stays in one place. So you're doing that. And Andre, I know as the significant other of Jeff, who's just been a part of this vision from the very beginning, and I know you have your own career and pursuits, but the two of you, and that 's what I want to talk more about today, have really come together and said we're we're better together we don't have to choose one or the other, and we both can pursue our callings and find ways to navigate the tensions of that and So many couples with Rebecca and I, and the conversations we have a lot are with couples who are trying to navigate this world and figure out what does it mean to be married, what does it mean to partner, what does it mean to support and lift up one another's gifts without stifling those gifts so I'd love for you to just take us back to some of those early conversations for the two of you as you started to navigate that Andre, like what when did the light come on for you that you're like hey we're going to both do what we're called to do and I'm not going to just come underneath what Jeff's called to do and Jeff's not going to just come underneath what I'm called to do because that was early for you guys.
3: (laughs) Yes, yes well I mean As you know, starting something from the ground up and startup life is hard. And there's a long, many, many years of grind that go into that and um, just a lot of struggle. And so I think for us, when Jeff was starting Plywood, it was kind of like years and years of like, well, we're just getting going. Oh, it's going to be hard just because it's still starting and we're still a startup. And, you know, it gets five years in and I'm like, uh, are we still a startup? And is this still going to be this hard? Because life is really all about you and getting this company going. And it just felt, for me as a partner, it just felt very much... About Jeff for a really, really long time. And that's okay. And that's completely understandable, especially when you're working so hard to get something started. But at some point, there had to be a swing and kind of like a balancing out of both my dreams and callings and pursuits as well as his own. So, honestly, most of our stuff starts with fights. I mean, if we're going to be honest. (laughs) Uh, and You said take us back to the conversation. It's (laughs) It's called, uh, like, yelling and fighting. Uh, But it was really just a a hard years for me because I was the financial person. I was the person with the insurance. I was the person bringing in money. I was the one kind of being that stable support, uh, working full time in the medical field, all those things. And yet I wasn't able to at all have time or space or energy to think about even my own dreams or my own pursuits beyond just working for our family and, and Jeff doing this startup craziness, you know? So that was the flip is basically I was tired, Gabe, just tired. <laughs> yeah. And uh and Jeff was working very
2: hard. Well, I feel like you're speaking for a lot of wives who have supported husbands who've had a dream and they've gone out to start it and those years are just grueling and Saw some meme the other day that was describing the wife who's wondering what does her entrepreneurial husband do all day? Is he just having yeah. lunches? Is he what, what kind of work is actually happening here? And and I know those questions because when we began what we did, it was the same thing. I mean, you're you're trying to figure it out. It's not a clear cut schedule, and as a partner in that, it can create a lot of tension. You feel like. Hey, why can't you just get a normal job? And why do I have to be the one that's holding down the fort? But Jeff, what when did that turn for you to where you you really looked at Andre and and understood like what she was going through and and made some decisions about how you guys were going to approach it differently?
0: Yeah, well I, I mean I think modern couples today are saying, what does a partnership look like? Not what is one person you know, one person's dream can't take priority for a lifetime, you know? Right. So when we start realizing it, like we have to at times take turns in purposes taking priority. So, you know, the first thing people struggle with is trying to find someone to fall in love with. That's hard. Then it's like, what, well, what is my existence in this world? Why was I created? And some people are struggling with what their purpose is. But the third part I think is for me to fall in love with Andre's purpose and actually look at it as equal to my own. That is when I think partnership in relationship Actually, starts to take shape, and because if you ask Andre and I, like whose purpose is more important, we would both say mine. Like, <laughs> like, and you know, most of the world we look through our own lens, and so. But I mean, I, I do save lives. You lies do save lives, but that you know, it's like this trump card in the middle of, all of it. But it, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, like, so we had to find a way to realize, okay, there's certain seasons where her purpose takes I mean, the last two years with COVID. She's been on the front lines in the city of Atlanta, been a first responder on everything. And I had to step back and let her purpose take priority. Mm -hmm. That was really humbling, honestly. And there's been times, I mean, there's been a lot of times she's let me take the lead in different ways. So I I think we just had to find this kind of rhythm going, whose season is now, whose purpose is now, and, and how do we prioritize each other in the middle of
2: it? Yeah, practically. I know Rebecca and I have had to do the same things, always being a bit strategic about like if she's about to write a book, then I know that that's a year where I'm not going to write a book, number one, because we can't both try to do that at the same time. But number two, we're going to have to rework our schedule in a very different way and how we prioritize our time our our work schedules like all of that and and I think you're right that the practical application for any couple here is you've got to be on the same page about which person's moment is this year and I think looking at it annually in terms of who's going to need to have a little more flexibility support adjustment and it doesn't mean you take the total back seat and you don't get to accomplish what you're trying to do but it does mean you can't both be full throttle especially when you bring kids into the equation and you know, any other really virtuous responsibilities that we're carrying in the world, um, you have to think through that. You you describe in your book, Love or Work, is it possible to change the world, stay in love and raise a healthy family? I mean, such a great title and subtitle and question that so many people have. But you talk about how 41% of couples use all of their vacation days, which Obviously, means 59% of couples aren't doing that. So we're talking entrepreneurs with you, Jeff, and maybe my work. But I know with Andre, it's a little more of a professional job that's got vacation days and very specific requirements built. in. And a lot of people listening, they're in that model of work. And you're saying in your book, like, couples aren't maybe taking seriously enough this commitment that they have to make to one another as they pursue their work
3: everybody wants that to happen like we all want like is it possible to change the world stay in love and raise a healthy family Resoundingly, everybody says, yes, it's possible, of course it is. But then in all our research, everybody is tired, everybody's exhausted, everybody's overwhelmed, nobody really exercises very much, nobody goes to counseling. I mean, we have statistics all the way through about what those numbers are, and, and the number that you stated, you know, only forty-one percent take vacations. And so all of those are saying is like yes we want all the things but then there are a lot of like practical life support things that have to be in place to help us accomplish it all if that's what we really want.
2: Yeah, describe some more of that. I mean, the the fact that you found out that a lot of couples, I think it was 8% of couples say they're seeing a therapist. Yeah. For maintenance. I mean, there's some of these real practical habits that if we don't build them into our life as a couple, the writings on the wall that this isn't going to be flourishing. So what are some of those things you learn that are key practices that a couple should take seriously in their model and their plan for how to have a healthy, vibrant relationship in the midst of work?
3: Yeah, I mean, well, you even talked about how you and Rebecca's schedules have to change and all of that based on, you know, where people are at um, with the priority. But like, even just the super basic, 31% of working couples have a shared calendar. That's it. And like, wow. that to me That's is like, like my how do you life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so a shared calendar, and we're not even saying it has to be like a Google calendar on the computer. We're saying it could even be like a Calendar on a board in your kitchen. But regardless, like that idea that we're not communicating our calendars with each other and talking with each other, you know, weekly, if not daily, about our shared schedules, I think that in itself is a true key point to that, too. That feels like 80% of fights would be coming from that one (laughs) decision, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
0: Not knowing where each other will be. But another stat that was really interesting for us is that three in 10 people feel incredibly. Encouraged by their partner to pursue their work and dreams. Like that conversation we were having just a minute ago, most relationships, one of us does not feel, or both of us do not feel encouraged by the person that loves us the most to do the thing that we feel a sense of purpose or calling to do. That's like, that's really sad. Mm-hmm. If that's a core issue in how we view ourselves, how I view God, our relationships and all those things, and there isn't a the midst to that, like, What a, what a hard place to begin, you know?
2: Yeah. Talk a little bit about what it means to be parents in the midst of all of these choices and decisions, because obviously raising children is one of those other just incredibly high priorities that couples are trying to manage as well from calendars to time, to investment, to one-on-one, to reading, to, you know, what all of these opportunities we have as parents to really impact our kids. Sometimes work can really take over and, For Rebecca and I, we've had to really look at each year and like last year, our son, we homeschooled because it was his senior year. We knew we were about to send him out and this was going to be a year where we wanted to just have more time together. So that meant he was going to come along more on trips and be a part of life a little bit more because we wanted to be intentional with that. But to parents out there, you know, obviously the kids can sometimes just feel like a responsibility that they're managing versus investing in. So how do you advise parents to prioritize that in the midst of their work pursuit?
3: Well, you know, I, I honestly think it can swing either way, Gabe, because I think there is that side of parenting where you just kind of, um, feel like they're just a responsibility and it's hard and they make things harder, or there's a lot of parents where the kids are like the number one. Right. And so yeah. everything is over scheduling for kids, right? It's about, all the things that the kids want to do and no longer can they just take like regular school now we have to like add Mandarin you know and Chinese (laughs) and languages and sports and not you're not just going to be a good soccer player you're going to be the best soccer player and you know possibly go to the Olympics and so you know now it's just like we are taking even parenting and making it this great as Aspiration of pouring all of that into the kids for them to be something even more than what we could ever dream or imagine. Right. And so that kind of plays a role in our overscheduling even. Right. If we're all of our time after work or or when there is free time is carpooling and running around and doing scheduling for kids. Or, you know, we have a lot of friends that on the weekends is, you know, soccer over here and tennis over here and they're splitting up. Nobody's seeing each other on the weekends, you know? And so I think that there's lots of different ways that we parent that could possibly be unhealthy and possibly take even more energy and more time away from what you were kind of saying, like the the unit that you're trying to create together and the partnership that you're trying to create.
2: Jeff, as you've helped so many entrepreneurs, people that have ideas that they want to put into action and they're married, right? Or that's a big priority in their life. What have you found has been kind of the breakthrough ideas for them where they, they start to understand better how they can both pursue the calling that's been put in their life But also do it at a pace that's not going to cost them everything because we've all seen the stories of people who have great ideas or pursue career and it leads to divorce or it leads to their kids hating them, you know, because they were successful in this one category but they missed it in the other. How do do we help young entrepreneurs, people who are having the dream right now and and going, man, I really feel called to that. How do you you help them early on find those boundaries and, and help them be patient?
0: I mean, I think back to years ago when you and I were working together, we'd be in these green rooms together and seeing how being on the road and this person pursuing this dream they had, how how it was affecting their families. And you and I would have these conversations on the side. And then it's kind of continued. I mean, Andre and I have felt it personally. We see it throughout our community, just like this crazy focus to get this thing to come to life. And then someone is neglected in the middle of it, and so Andre and I have this phrase we say to each other: if we change the world and lose our family, we lose. And we have it on the wall, and we talk about it, and we share about it, and it, you know, it's become kind of a a rallying cry for us. And I've, you know, I get going, and I lose track of that perspective. And I think that that's the reality. I mean, when you're in the startup phase, when you're in the world of Q, like people doing, whether it's cultural work or ministry work, they feel like the pursuit of that mission is the ultimate win. The highest calling. The highest calling. And yet, in the midst of the people closest to them become resentful because of it. And we don't think that's a win. That's not an example that other people should follow. We don't want that. And we've struggled with it. So it's it's a real tension. I mean...
3: That's why we wrote this book. I mean, we wrote it for our community here of startups, especially. But I mean, for everybody out there that is in that place where, um, you know, we see it, especially in our community. But it's the tensions are always there. And if you feel the tension, we first say, great, because you're feeling it. And if you're feeling the tension, that means you know that there's a problem and that there's something going on. But then we really wrote this book for the next steps to try to work through those tensions.
2: So you guys talked to, interviewed over 1,600 couples. So you ended up getting just such a great perspective on what these couples are struggling with, what they're dealing with, and then how do they take the appropriate action. As we conclude this conversation, I'd love for listeners, you know, we're going into this season, we're we're not quite there yet, where we get into the holidays and there's usually a, a moment of more margin to consider and reflect on this year and look to next year. But I'm curious, are there a couple conversations that you would advise any couple to say, hey, we need to have this conversation, you know, whether it's schedule or priorities or, calendar, what would you say? These are a couple conversations every couple needs to have to put yourself on the right footing and the right foundation as you pursue your callings. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Sometimes you fill up that season with so much stuff that you don't even actually have that conversation. So I would first say, prioritize that conversation, have a date night, or even just like say, let's have a two hour conversation at some point. And there's four questions we like to ask each other in this season. We do it consistently. The first is, what do I need right now? And that's hard. Sometimes it's really hard to figure that list out that's in your head. And the second question, which is even harder, is what do I want right now? That as as adults, what do I want is actually one of the hardest questions to answer. Third, what is or isn't working? So like this is like really logistical, like, OK, this is the season in life right, right now. Our kids are this age. What is working and what's not working, and how do we fix it, and then fourth is what is coming up, so we usually like look at four to six months in advance on our calendar. If you don't have a shared calendar, just do that, that please step one um but we look at what's coming up and going, okay, what are the logistics of this? Do we need babysitter? do we need to call our family and do we need, you know like start planning and then get ahead of the game uh, before you start reacting yeah for the the situation ahead,
2: yeah, those are great practical questions for all of us. I'm going to write these down for Rebecca and I, because I think that's such a good way to get it all on the table. Let's just get on the same page. Let's get it all on the table. Cause once it's out, we can start to work with it. We can plan better. We can figure out what's needed right now that maybe I, as a husband, I'm kind of a doofus. Like I didn't realize Rebecca <laughs> needed this and, and she has, she needs to tell me and, and make that very clear and then I'll adjust. But sometimes we need space for that and I think your advice that hey let's all carve out the space let's make sure we take the time to do it's going to help everybody well we just love you guys so thankful and grateful for your friendship from the earliest days of creating Q Ideas um, to what you're doing now you're helping so many people by doing that and so we just thank you for that
3: thanks for having us well
1: thanks again for listening to this week's Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons and that was Gabe's conversation with Jeff and andre Schinnebarger around their book love or work i tell you gabe those four questions for couples to ask each other those are so powerful
2: take time to write those down and and you might not be able to have that date night for another month but whenever you get around to it put this in the notes of your phone put it somewhere so that you have the chance to ask those questions what do i need right now what do i want right now what isn't working and what's coming up? It's very practical. It's it's both connecting you emotionally with your spouse, but also practically how are we planning? How are we going to get ahead of this so that we're not reaction oriented, but we're responding and staying out of some of those stress modes. I also want to encourage you, you listen to this every week, and we thank you for being a part of this Q Ideas community. Many of you are part of Q Media. You can always get a free trial there at qideas.org slash trial. But every week, if you're not part of our e-weekly newsletter called Q Moments. Every week, we send out a series of talks and conversations that all orient around a particular theme. Go to our website, qideas.org, and give us your email so that you can stay in touch with us in that way. And then in addition, share this conversation with another couple, somebody in your life that you know, they're working together. They're always trying to navigate these questions. Share it with them. And then also, don't forget, get Jeff and Andre's book, Love or Work, Is It Possible to Change the World, Stay in Love, and Raise a Healthy Family? Until next time, we hope you have a great week.